Praise the Lord. How was your Christmas? Thumbs up, thumb down. Still thinking about it? <laughs> well, hey, I hope it was wonderful. And uh, man, I hope that your new year is merry and bright. And, and it's so cool that we are literally on Sunday, what, what is it, December 31st. I mean, we are on the brink of a new year. I am so excited about that. Uh, it's so good uh, to just be looking forward um, to a new year and that we get to be together on the final day of what has been a journey for us. For those of you that, that have been part of our church family for a while, you know about this, but I'm going to say it again because it's part of the DNA kind of, of who we are as a church family, is that we have a commitment to reading God's word. Not just on Sunday mornings when we get together, but we have a commitment to like be in the word throughout the week, learning and growing and hearing from the Lord, remembering his word, remembering who he has called us to be, remembering that he has empowered us with his Holy Spirit to live this life. And we simply call it 260. And the reason we do that is not because it's the title of this journal right here, uh, but because there's 260 chapters in the New Testament, come on now, everybody tell me, which is the same number of weekdays there are every year. 52 uh, weeks of the year times five days, Monday through Friday is 260. So we just really simply begin with one chapter a day, and it starts again tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I, I have loved journaling through this. This is the second year in a row that we've done this 260 reading plan, but it, this is the end of the first year that we had uh, the ability to journal through this. And some of you know that this was created right out of the heart of our church. Um, we put this together. Gary and Mike and I did most of the work on this together. Kaylin helped with some editing. Uh, Pastor Joel in Mexico and his team went through it and helped us to create the Spanish versions. We have it in English and in Spanish. And so today at the end of service, if you do not yet have one, we have a handful um, that are available. You can pick one up after, after service so that you're ready for tomorrow morning. Um, and if you're watching online and like, I'd like to check out 260, um, you can go to Amazon and uh, you're going to find it there. Just type in 260 journal and they'll have it uh, for you in a couple of days. But tomorrow we're starting and we don't start with Matthew. Crazy. But we actually, we take the gospels and we take one gospel and put it into each season. And so tomorrow morning, we're actually beginning with the gospel of Luke and then we go right into Acts so that at the beginning of our year, we go from the birth of Jesus all the way through the life of Jesus, his death, his resurrection, and then as he sent out his followers into the world. And we get that story from the birth of Jesus right through the early church and how did those first followers of Jesus uh, live for him and respond to him. And it's such a cool thing, so we're beginning that again tomorrow. But today, we are finishing in the book of Revelation. And uh, it's been so interesting that over the Christmas season, we've been looking at different things about um, Christmas through the lens of Revelation. Uh, it was the first advent, but Revelation is the second advent, the second coming of, of Jesus. And so today, I'm really blessed that we are right at the final chapters, and they're good. 
and they're exciting, and it's about heaven, and that's where we're going to be today in our conversation. But we're also, not only looking at the very end of Revelation, we're also looking at a new year for you and me. And we're looking forward, I think, to a new year, both with anticipation and with some uncertainty. I mean, there's always that mix, right, of anticipation. We anticipate the good things, but there's always that uncertainty. So, you know, so anticipation. This is going to be a good year. Hopefully even starting tonight, man, you're going to like welcome in the new year with some people you love, some family, some friends. But I hope that, man, you have some real anticipation of really fantastic times ahead in the new year with people that you love, you care about. Some right here in this room, your church family, but beyond that into the in here, we're gonna be probably traveling at some point during the year. We're gonna go see Pastor Joel and Veronica, people we love. We're gonna go see family members, people. We, I'm anticipating some really extraordinary things in 2024. One of them is my 60th birthday. <laughs> And some of you are like, oh man, people don't usually like get excited about turning 60. I'm super pumped. And one of the reasons I'm pumped is because it falls on that, put this on your calendars, okay? <laughs> April 7th, which is the Sunday after Easter. So we actually get to, and it's gonna be just a giant party and it's gonna be fun and it's gonna be a big celebration. I'm already, I'm anticipating having an amazing day. I know some family's gonna be in town. It is gonna be great, and I get to celebrate with you. We're just gonna have a party the week after Easter on. What day is it? Sunday, April 7th, okay? 60 years old. Hey, and I, yeah, there's also other things to look forward to anticipate. Shohei Otani coming to the Dodgers! Man, I'm looking forward to the Dodgers season. It's gonna be great, which also starts right around my birthday. And... Uh, <laughs> Every year, I love that. And uh, so a lot of things to anticipate. But you know what? But when we look towards 2024, there's also some uncertainty. Will I make it out of this year? I I did some research. I looked online, and and you could find the same statistic. But, you know, in the United States, I'm going to read it to make sure that I I get it correct. Out of every 100,000 people, In the United States, 715 people don't make it through a year alive. 715 out of 100,000. So doing a little bit more math, there's about 150,000 people who live right here, Santa Maria, Orca, and Guadalupe, kind of like our little niche right here. There's about 150,000 people. That means that this year, over 1,000 of us, right, 1,000 of our community um, are not going to make it till... December 31st of 2024. That's a bit sobering, right? That there's a reminder there that like this life is, was not meant to be forever, that God's appointed a time for each one of us to die. I, I don't know. You know, could it be me? Could it be someone I love? Sobering, some uncertainty there. And even if I live, and obviously those statistics tell us most of us are gonna come through alive. But you know what? We also know that that even coming through alive doesn't mean that we're not going to go through trouble. Jesus was the one who said, in this world, you will have trouble. He said it, right? We don't don't spend a lot of time thinking about that promise from Jesus. 
But he did. He promised. And it is true. We know that in this life there will be trouble. And we don't get to pick usually the trouble that we encounter along the way. So am I going to make it through this year alive? Am I going to make this through this year unscathed? Probably not unscathed. There probably is going to be some trouble that's going to pop up physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, whatever. I mean, some things I'm going to have to battle through. So God, how, how's that trouble going to come? Am I going to be ready for it? Again, you know, some uncertainty. And then we just, we look beyond ourselves. We look to the world around us and we're, you know, we're already in a, a very contentious election cycle. Anybody need a reminder of that? 2024 is going to be a little wild that way. A lot of uncertainty about what's, uh, you know, what, what we're going to encounter, what our world's going to be like when we get 364 days ahead. It's also leap year. Um, fun trivia fact. Just if you ever wonder, like, I can never keep track of, like, when, when's leap year? Check this out. This is a little freebie. You ready? Leap year, Summer Olympics, presidential election, always on the same year. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> Easy way to remember. When do those things happen? Oh, they all happen the same year, once every four years. So, so we know that we're going to face stuff. And we know that the world is in conflict. We hear typically about, you know, one or two wars maybe going on at a time. Google this. You're going to find that there are 21 active Wars, not just conflicts, wars, 21 happening right now, today. 21. Any of those could like blow up into something much larger. There could be new things that would emerge. Listen, we are living in some very uncertain times. So as we look to the future, we do so with anticipation. But we also do it with some realism that, hey, we don't know everything that's going to happen. And we know that not everyone lives. And not everyone gets through unscathed and, you know, trouble-free. It's challenges on the road ahead. And then we get to the book of Revelation. I believe that one of the underlying themes of the book of Revelation is this. That even though not everything is certain... God has given us a very certain outcome at the end of the story. Even though we don't know everything about what we're going to face, there are some things we can, we can know for sure. There are some things that could cause us some anxiousness as we look ahead. There's some things that could say, man, I don't know about all those things. And it can cause us to feel insecure. But when we get to the end of Revelation, you know what this underlying message is? Oh, you can be secure in the God who is victorious, who the God who wins, and the God who has invited us to win right along with him forever and ever and ever. Is that good? So are you ready to step into a future with a sense of security and the knowledge that I'm on God's side and God is the winning, victorious God. Amen? You ready? So here are some things that we see in the final chapters of Revelation. This week we read the last five, 18 through 22. And here are what, here's, here's what we see 
in those chapters is just a really, really brief outline. One, we see uh, that God is ultimately and completely victorious against Satan, hell, all darkness. God wins, okay? God wins. Uncontested, uncontested champion. We also see that God judges all people. All peoples will have to one day stand before God and, and be judged by him. Third thing we see is this amazing description of heaven. Amazing description of heaven. And we find what's in and what's out of heaven. Things that will be there, things that will not be there. We also find out who will be in and who will be out of heaven. And then it finishes this with this like amazing, glorious, surprising, I believe, invitation. So you ready to go? You ready to dive into all that goodness? We're gonna start by looking at heaven itself. Just like, what is this gonna be like? I want you to read up on the screen well, I'll read it out loud from Revelation 21, uh, 10 through 11 and 15 and 16. Listen to what John is seeing through this prophetic vision that, that he writes about at the very end. Chapter 21 is the second to last chapter. It only goes to 22, and here's what he says. He says, so the angel took me in the spirit to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God. We see this, he sees this amazing vision of this holy city, the new Jerusalem descending from God. It says it's shone with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper as clear as crystal. And remember, he's like using words to describe something that is indescribable, right? I mean, he's just like, he is so blown away by all he's seeing. And so, you, but, but he, so some things are very specific, but other things you just have to use your like divine imagination. You have to use a bit of creativity to say, man, he was seeing this and he wrote it down as best as he could. One of the things I noticed, the like reading through Revelation, so many times <clears throat> he says like, well, it sounded like, it looked like, and like he's trying to find these creative descriptive words, meaning that we can also use some cool creative imagination when we think about what this vision that he was seeing. We're kind of seeing it through his, eye, through his eyes. And then it goes on and says, then the angel who talked to me held in his hand a gold measuring stick to measure the city its gates, and its wall. When he measured it, he found it was a square, as wide as it was long. In fact, its length and width and height were each 1,400 miles. Dang! They're big. He's seeing this, this new Jerusalem come down, but this is not just like gonna fit inside Santa Maria. You know what I'm talking about? For what would that maybe kind of look like? You ready, you ready to see? Okay, put up, put up the map. I, I, I made this little map for us. 
That's 1,400 miles in each direction. So we're starting, that's Santa Maria. That's us in the bottom left corner. And then you take this golden measuring rod with the angel and you have to go all the way across Texas to the Gulf of Mexico, all the way down Texas-Louisiana border. Then you kind of head northeast, all the way up past the U.S.-Canada border into Ontario to get up another 1,400 miles. Then you turn, what is that? That's northwest, right? All the way up into Alberta, Canada, okay? Way up beyond the United States border. Then you can like make this hard left turn, kind of come southwest, and you end up back here in Santa Maria. That's massive. In fact, that is nearly 2 million square miles. And that, listen, to think about it, just keep the map up there for, for a hot minute. Two, two, almost 2 million square miles. I want you to think about this. That's just the first floor. Because this is as high as it is long and wide. It's, it's like this cube, 1,400 miles in every direction. Now, I don't know how many floors there are to heaven, but here's what my imagination has played out. I believe that each, each floor, okay, this is my creative imagination, not John's. This is, you're not gonna find I believe that this has floors that are about 10 miles high each. Why do I think that? Well, it's about, so Mount Everest is only about five and a half miles high, okay? So almost double that. Like within 10 miles, you have our entire first layer of atmosphere, at about, at about seven and a half miles, that's where like what they call, I think, the, the troposphere. That's, that's like the inner layer of our atmosphere around the world, um, around the earth. That has like all of our oxygen. It also has 99% of like all clouds and all the water vapor and everything. 99%, all is within seven and a half miles. So I'm giving it some like extra miles up there, okay? I'm getting, getting a little extra mileage up there. Because it's like, if you look up 10 miles, you're, you're actually like, that, that's it, right? So can you imagine if, if each of these, if there is 140 floors to have each 2 million square miles, each with their own mountain ranges and, and rivers and, and just, I mean, billions of people could fit there, which is, I think, what the objective is, is that billions of worshipers, billions. It's just so vast and amazing. Check, check this out. I, I was doing some, some math to figure this out. The land mass on, on our earth, so take out all the ocean stuff, the land mass of our earth, okay, is only 58 million square miles. So if there's 200, or if there's about 2 million square miles in one floor, and there's, I'm, I'm just projecting that there's multiple floors, I'm projecting 140 floors, that would be 280 million square miles. Our earth only has a land mass of 58 million. People think like, man, I'm gonna be in heaven for eternity. That sounds boring. Are you kidding me? It is so vast and so massive that 
oh my goodness, we will never, ever, ever tire of heaven. We will, ne- it will, I promise you, it ain't ever gonna be boring. Three lads, two no clouds, drumming a harp. Are you kidding me? You need to reread Revelation because it's a rock show. I mean, it's intense. It's loud and vibrant and beautiful. In fact, when we read more description, go to that next slide, Revelation 21, starting in verse 18, just to like get this glimpse of like what this is actually made of and what it's like. It says, the wall was made of jasper and the city was pure gold, as clear as glass. Like, Again, he's like trying to describe something we've never even seen and he'd never even seen, but he's putting it into the best words he can. To me, it sounds like a giant diamond, right? I mean, it's like pure gold, but it's, it's actually as clear as glass. The wall of the city was built on a foundation of stones inlaid with 12 precious stones. And you can read all those later. <clears throat> the 12 gates, and this always blows me away. The 12 gates were made of pearls. Each gate... From a single pearl. Now that's some oyster right there, right? Oh my gosh. A ginormous pearl, right? The size of a tower. And the main street was pure gold, as clear as glass. And again, it just, the size, the dimension, the the imagery is so beautiful. Just the way God has envisioned this home that Jesus said, I'm I'm preparing it for you. In my father's house, man, there's plenty of room for you and your friends and your family and your neighbors. There's plenty of room. We say, wow, God, you've, you've outdone yourself. So I said that in these chapters, we also say what's in heaven and what's out of heaven. What's in, what's out. Let's start with what's in heaven. I want to look at a couple of quick passages from these chapters. Revelation 21.3. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God, and so in case you missed what he just said, he says it again. God himself will be with them. Friends, living in the presence of God. Now listen, right now you and I are in the presence of God because his word tells us, Jesus promised us that he would give us his Holy Spirit. So right here and right now, we are with God. You will never be more with God than you are right at this very moment but it's by faith. One day our faith will be turned to sight and we will be in the living presence of God, the God who, like when Jesus was on earth and people could literally reach out and touch him, you and I will be able to see and touch God. His voice will be ringing in our ears and in our hearts. We will be with God because his home will be our home. And this is so beautiful. But it's all, it's not just beautiful. It's not just powerful. It's transformational. 
I don't have a slide for this, but I want to read you something that John said, not in Revelation, but he said this in uh, 1 John chapter 3. He says that there is something transformational that's going to happen for you and for me when we actually see God face to face. And I love how this is captured in the message translation or, or version of the Bible. I want you to listen to these words from the first two verses of 1 John 3. Just listen. What marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Just look at it. We're called children of God. That's who we really are. But that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously. Because it has no idea who he is or what he's up to. Now listen to this, but friends, that's exactly who we are, children of God. And that's only the beginning. I, I wanna read that again. You ready? Listen. But friends, that's exactly who we are, children of God. And that is only the beginning. Who knows how we'll end up? What we know is that when Christ is openly revealed, He's talking about heaven. When Christ is openly revealed, we'll see him and in seeing him, become like him. <sighs> Friends, we don't, we don't even know. John said, we don't, we don't even know what that's gonna be like, but he says that when we actually see him face to face, that we will become like him. Right now, we, we would use the word glorification for that. Right now, we're in the process of sanctification, right? Like, man, all the impurities in my life, we know I've, we've been forgiven by God, but we're like working to like get rid of all the impurity and everything that like is, is like not God, we're, we're working our best to get rid of that on earth. It's a challenge, but we're going for it. We're making progress, Right? One, one, one step backwards, but then two forward. We're, you know, we're moving forward. But when we see him face to face, we will become like him, taking on his nature, taking on his glory. It's transformational. It's not just beautiful. It's transformational. That's what's gonna be in heaven waiting for us. What's in? God himself, we will become like him. What else is in heaven? Revelation 22, the first three verses. <clears throat> then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Listen, there was a river flowing all the way back through the Garden of Eden. And then in Ezekiel talks about that same river flowing and it's the river of life, and that everything the water touches becomes alive. It's this amazing prophetic picture from Ezekiel in chapter 47. And here we see it again. But you know what Jesus said, right? Jesus said, hey, come and drink right here. He said to the Samaritan woman by the well, what did Jesus say? He said, hey, I will give you living water living the water of life. And guess what? Here it is. It's in heaven, this entire river of living water. And it says it flowed down 
the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. No longer, no longer will there be a curse. No longer will there be a curse upon anything. For the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there and his servants will worship him. What does it mean when it says that, that there will be no more curse? Well, what was the curse? Like Go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. When, when those first humans chose sin, what was the curse? It was sickness. It was death. It was actually toil, right? They were already working. They were already tending the garden, but now it was like hard work. Pain in childbirth, all those things. <clears throat> Pain, decay, death, all of those things are part of the curse. And it says in heaven, there will be no more curse. The curse is removed. Everything that is dark, everything that is, that is of decay and of death, it's gone. Praise the Lord. So we're already getting to that next point. What's out of heaven? Right? That was what's in heaven. What's out of heaven? Revelation 21.4 and verse 27 says this. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain all these things will be gone forever. And then he goes on, verse 27, nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty. Listen, what won't be in heaven? Anything sad. Everybody say that. Anything sad. What won't be in heaven? Say it again. What won't be in heaven? Anything sad or evil. Nothing sad or evil will be in heaven. What's in heaven, we read, God himself, it's his home, right? The river of life, the tree of life, there will be this eternal supply of everything that we need for an eternity with him. And then it says worship. We're gonna, there's gonna be worship in heaven. But what, won't, what, what will not be there is anything sad or anything evil. This is absolutely an image of the renewed Garden of Eden. God's original intent for us. But this time, all sin, all darkness is removed. No serpent, serpent's gone. And we will get to enjoy this together for eternity. And you're invited. <clears throat> we'll get to that again in a minute. So I said, in this description, we see what's in heaven, what's out of heaven, but we also say who's in and who is out of heaven. Revelation 20, verses 12 and 15, we read this. It says, I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, and the books were opened, including the book of life. Everybody say book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. 
And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. And there's this, there's this hard reality that the, at the end of days, that there will be some who will not make it into this glorious reality of life with God in this beauty and majesty and oh, just everything that is incredible and where sorrow and sadness and evil has been banished forever. Not everyone will make it in. That there's this book of life that's referred to, and which is referred to throughout scripture. But here we find it right in the very last chapters of the book of Revelation is this book of life. Anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. So if that's who's out, who's in? In Revelation 21, 27, we read this. Only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Those who are in. Those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Jesus actually referred to this. He was talking to his disciples one time when they had gone out on ministry assignment and they came back, man, and they were just like flying high. They were like, even the demons listen to us when we use your name. Like, man, look how great we are. This is so much fun going out and doing ministry in your name, Jesus. And this is what Jesus replied. We find it in Luke 10, 20. He says this, don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. That's like, that's why we rejoice. It's like, oh yeah, cool, demons obey when we use your name, Jesus. That's, that's awesome, that there's spiritual authority that God has given us. But that's not what we're to rejoice about. What we're to rejoice about is that like, this is my secured future. You know how to have a secure future? Know that your name is written in that book of life. That's why we rejoice. Thank you, Jesus, that I can know that, that I can be certain about that. I can have a secure and a certain future. Now, here's this crazy invitation that we see. Well, because how, how do I know that my name will be written in that book of life? Listen, this is what we read. This is in the final verses of the Bible all the way in the last chapter, Revelation twenty two seventeen. Listen to what it says. The spirit and the bride. The spirit is God himself. Who is the bride? We are. That's what scripture calls us, the bride of Christ. So here's all of the crowd of heaven, along with God himself. The spirit and the bride say, Come. Everybody's yelling, like to us, to humanity, to the world. Don't miss it. Come. Get here. But then it goes on. Let anyone, everybody say anyone, who hears say, Come. Let any, anyone who is thirsty, come. Someone who's just like, oh God, I've, I've been searching for that water of life. I've been drinking out of other pools, but it has left me thirsty. I've tried to find real, 
satisfaction. I've really tried to find how to be fulfilled and how to be whole. But all those other pools I've been drinking from have left me thirsty. It says, anyone who's thirsty, come. And then finishes, let anyone who wishes, oh, I love that word, just wishes. I wish there was a way to have fulfillment. I wish there was a way to have freedom from all the bondages and things that I've been caught up in and been hurt so painful, hurtful in my story. Anyone who wishes drink freely from the water of life. Drink freely. That's the gospel message. You can't pay for this water. You can't earn your way to heaven, friends. You can't do enough good things and like, well, I've done a lot of bad, so I gotta do even more good. No, 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 no. Our, our righteousness, our goodness, scripture tells us, is as filthy as dirty rags. Is this our goodness, good as we are? It does not compare to his goodness. And so he says, no, 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 this living water, it's free. That's called grace. It's grace. It's this offer. Bring your brokenness. Bring your thirst. Bring everything that is sad or has been touched by evil in your story. Bring it. Because you're going to find grace. You're going to find living water. You're going to find wholeness and life and restoration. It's good news. It's what we call the gospel. It's the good news. And it's free. And it just blows me away that over and over in this, in this one verse, he says, anyone, anyone. But God, I, I, I've, I've done so many bad things. I've thought bad things. I've done bad things. I've said bad things. I've hurt people. I've messed, I've messed up my opportunity. And he says, no, you're part of anyone. And there's other people on the other extreme. Well, man, I haven't done that much bad things in my life. I've lived a pretty good life. What does God have against me? We are still broken people. We are still sinful people. There is no one righteous. Scripture says, no, not one. And if we stay in our state of unrighteousness, you know what happens? Our names don't appear in the book. Our, our names are not included. It's only, but I love this. It's available to all, but it says to do what? Over and over here. Come. We have to make that decision. We have to make that decision that God, okay, here I come. I am making a decision here and now. And friends, if this is you, don't leave 2023 uncertain about your future. There are some things that are uncertain, but you can be sure about this. You may not feel secure about your retirement plan or this or that or how things are all gonna end, but you can be secure in this, knowing that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. This is the gospel message. So come. Any, come. Don't stay away. Take that step towards God. Take that running leap, forget the step, 
just like stage dive. Here I come! Sorry. Scary Lisa. I'm coming. I'm coming home. I am responding to this crazy, amazing invitation. Come. And friends, that's how we finish Revelation. That's how we finish 2023. There are things that are uncertain that I'm gonna face in the future, but of this I am certain and I am secure. My future is wrapped up in him and in his offer of life to come. We're gonna finish by reading, I get to do this the last verse of scripture. I want to read this over you as a prayer, as a benediction, as a blessing for 2024. Jasmine, can you go ahead and put up that last slide, Revelation 22, 21. It's the last, the la- the, it's the final exclamation point in the Bible. And it says this, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. The grace of the Lord Jesus. Not something you manufacture, not something that is within you. No, this is the grace of Jesus. May it be with you. His grace. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. You can't, but you can receive it. You can come to these waters. You can come. You can come. You can come. Come. Come to these waters. And this last word, amen. 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 And God's people say, amen. Yes. Which just means yes. That's what I want. Let's go. Amen is this cry that says, so be it. This is what I am wanting and this is what I'm living for. This is the direction I am headed. Amen. Amen. God's grace within me. God's grace upon my family. God's grace upon my church. God's grace upon my city. God's grace upon this crazy world that we're living in. God's grace on the 2024 elections. Grace, grace, amen. God, we receive it. We receive your grace. We wanna walk into it. Your strength, your provision. (laughs) Amen. It's the end of the year, folks. Why not just mess things up a little further? Is your name written in the book of life? Are you certain? Have you secured that space on that page? Page 1,400,037.
Susie Castillo. Doug Mason. your name there? Listen, if you don't know or if you're not certain and you don't have this secured for your future, why go into 2024 without that? Without knowing that you've responded. And what was the, what was the invitation over and over? Come. We're just going to open up the altars here. It's this open space just to come. It's that come. It is, it is free. It is the free gift of life. It is the free gift of living water. But you know what it says? Come. Come. Step. Does anybody want to just step out and just like join me right, right here, right now? Just join, just like, oh, God, I'm coming. I am coming to you. I am coming to your presence. God, I don't want to wait one day to to. Get to, to figure this out. I don't want to get to my deathbed and have to wonder. I don't want to have to be trapped in some place of, of like spiritual darkness and uncertainty. Do you want to be sure? Just come. Just come. Just come. Come. Like stage dive in, right? Just like come. God, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that not one of us has to live outside of that certain knowledge. Lord, of our future, secured in you and through you, by you and for your glory. Jesus, thank you. Lord, thank you for my friends. Lord, thank you, Father, for those who are saying yes, whether it's for the hundredth time or the first time. Lord, bless grace, God's grace, life, his life, his spiritual life, his promise secured, names written into eternity. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace, for your grace. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that what is beginning now, Lord, will have eternal, eternal meaning and consequence. That, Lord, we will be some of those together, gathered around your throne, gathered around, gathered around your throne in worship to you forever. Praise your name, Jesus. Praise your name, Lord. Isn't God good? Isn't God so good. Don't go anywhere. Just I, those that are down here, we have, we have some of our prayer and ministry team that are already down here as well. I wanted you to stay for a moment and just begin just to, to pray and minister to one another, those who are down here and some of the rest of our ministry team. You want to just come and just begin to just pray and, and just pray with, uh, with a certainty. That God, that what we are doing today is going to have eternal consequences in our stories and in the stories of generations to come because you're going to be impacting others because we get to turn to others now and say, come and join me. Come, come, come be part of this glorious story of God's redemption. Who are you going to say come to in 2024? Who are you going to invite to the party? Who are you going to invite to screw up? Man, what a what an interesting way to think about 2024. Who do I get to invite to come be part of this with me? 
Grace on you, friends. Hey, as you depart, remember that if you don't have a 260 journal to start tomorrow in Luke chapter one, we have some extras available uh, for you. Those online, those joining us, we've got... um, uh, uh, we've, we've got those on Amazon. Just go over there, type in 260 Journal. This book right here will pop up because this is the one to get. And, uh, and then listen, we have a class that's happening just in the moments ahead with Pastor Kalen. And for those of you that are saying yes to Jesus, maybe some for the first time, or want to just secure that and say, I really want to understand this more. Or for any of you even that didn't come forward, just step out and to the right, and there's a, there's a room right there. Pastor Kalen will be in there. It's not a long class, but right now we're hosting this class for you to, to explore more deeply what it means to say yes to Jesus. And, uh, and then in January, guess what we're going to be doing? We'll be talking about baptism and uh, getting ready to start the new year, being baptized as well, declaring it publicly. This is the decision I'm, I'm making. Man, all this and New Year's parties too. God is so good. Hey, next week, um, we're going to be starting in a new series that I'm excited about um, called If Jesus. If Jesus. And you'll, you'll hear more, learn more about that next Sunday. Don't miss out. It's going to be so good being with you in the new year. God's blessing to you. God's grace upon you. Go in his love. Go in his favor.